Welcome to Football with Tyler Grossman, presented to you by Baby Corn, the cutest little character you will ever see. Now, let's get right into this. This show is the show that we talk about both football and football, also known as American football and soccer. So we're going to start today off as um, last Saturday, um, we had the college football playoff and semifinals, and um Next Monday on January 13th, we'll have the college football playoff final between the LSU Tigers and the Clemson Tigers. In in other in the other American football that's highly followed, the NFL this weekend will have the divisional round where the Patriots will be taking on the Titans at 8:15 on Saturday and at 4:15 on Saturday or 4:25, I'm not sure about what time that game's at. The Bills will be taking on the Texans while J.J. Watt will make his return for the Texans. He'll most likely play in a lot of that. That game is at NRG, and the Patriots game is at Gillette. Then on Sunday, um, your the New Orleans Saints will take on the Minnesota Vikings, and the Eagles will be taking on the... Sorry about that. The Eagles will be taking on the Seahawks at four. That game is at four forty. The other game is at one. It will be the Patriots' first ever divisional round since two thousand and nine in the Brady Belichick era. And so let's get right into this. Um, we'll also get into some soccer news. Um, Champions League round of sixteen draw was a little while back. And we'll get into some other soccer news that has happened. Arsenal finally won. Um, And let's just get right into it. So let's start off with some college football. Um, This college, the first college football playoff game started off a a little close between Oklahoma and LSU, but not for long. Um, After one, after LSU got um, a turnover, um, they in the early in the first, um, they were able to come back, um, and they were when they were on defense um, on that possession. There was um, a terrible third down call, and on third down, which should have been a pi, which in the NFL would have been called because they were reviewed it. Um, then the next, but he got literally taken down. I'm not sure which player in particular that was, but um, that's who it was, and that was the Peach Bowl, the early run. 21-7 at the, at the end of the first, but in the first half, um, in the second quarter, they really started to pull away. Joe Burrow threw for seven touchdowns in the first half, um, a college f- football bowl game record, and that was 
and they were not done. Um, they went on to win 63-28 to for the stat line. Jalen Hurts threw 15 for 31 on 217 yards passing. Um, no TDs and a pick. Um, rushing Jalen Hurts for Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts had 14 carries, 43 yards, and 2 TD. Kennedy Brooks had 10 y- carries for 35 yards and a TD. Spencer Ratter, um, one rush, eight yards, zero TDs. Jeremiah um, Jim- Hall, one rush, one rush, eight yard for eight yards and no TDs. And then TJ Pledger, two carries for three yards and one TD. On the receiving end, CD Lamb, four receptions, 119 yards. Drake Stoops had two receptions for 28 yards. Um, and J and Jaden Hayeswood, I want to say, but um, correct me if I'm wrong. Three for 25 for no TDs. Then on, then for LSU, for the LSU side of things, um, Joe Burrow threw 29 for 39. 493-yard passing and seven TDs. Um, in the second half, Miles Brennan came in for a little bit, three for three for 39 yards. Then on the rushing side of things, Chris Curry, 16 carries for 90 yards. Tyron Davis-Price, four carries for 25 yards. Joe Burrow rushed for five carries and 21 yards and a touchdown. Then then um John Emery Jr. at Three carries, six yards, and a touchdown. Um, on the receiving end, Justin Jefferson had 14 receptions for 271 yards and four TDs. Thaddeus Moss had four receptions for 99 yards, tw- 24, um, and one TD. Then Terrence Marshall Jr. had six receptions for 80 yards and two TDs. And then on the defensive side of things, Kerry Vincent Jr. had one intercept, had the lone interception of the game. And that's, and then for kicking, um, Cade York made nine extra points, but he misses one field goal of the game. And for, for, that was for Oklahoma, for LSU, but then for Oklahoma, I'm sorry, I didn't get to this before. He had four points all coming off of point after try, so there was no field goals in the game. Now in the other game, which was between Clemson and Ohio State, um, it became out early. Um, it was an early Ohio State lead. It was an early Ohio State lead, um, but... That was not for very long, but well, that was really only for the first half. Um, it was a kind of a close game in the first half with with um, Ohio State jumping out to an early three nothing lead, and then they were able to score again to make it a ten nothing lead. So, and then it beca- at the break it was. 24 to 6. No, sorry, not 24 to 6. 16 to 14. Then after 3, Clemson took the lead 
took over the lead with to make when they made it off of a touchdown to Travis Etienne. That that touchdown took it from sixteen to fourteen all the way up to twenty one to sixteen. So twenty one sixteen. Then Clemson had eight. You got eight points in the fourth. And Ohio State had seven to make it 29 to 23 for the stat line. Trevor Lawrence threw 18 for 33, 259 yards and two TDs. Um, for rushing, Travis Trevor Lawrence, he really um had some showed showed his athleticism, rushing for one long touchdown and 16 other carries after getting absolutely demolished on what ended up being called a targeting call against Ohio State and that targeting call would sort of make a difference in the game but um that it I don't think it really did with the ejection um that for your information was the Fiesta Bowl and then the other rusher was Travis Etienne 10 rushes for 36 yards and one touchdown and Travis Etienne had was the high receiver with three Receptions for 98 yards and two TDs. Justin Ross had six receptions for 47. Amari Rogers had one reception for 38 yards. And then on defense, their lone pick was by Isaiah Simmons. Actually, they had two, and the other one was by Nolan Turner for the kick. For their kicking, um, they missed one field goal, and he, but their kicker made three extra points. On the other side of the ball for Ohio State, Justin Fields threw 30 for 46, 320 yards of TD and two INTs. J.K. Dobbins rushed for 18 yards for 174, 18 carries for 174 yards and a TD. And Justin Fields rushed 14 times for 13 yards, but no TDs. Um, on the receiving end, K.J. Hill, 16 receptions for six receptions for 67 yards. Sorry about that. And Austin Mack, six receptions. For 54 yards. Um, and then Chris Olive, Olave, three receptions for 50 yards. And J.K. Dobbins had six receptions for 47 yards. On the defensive side of the ball, they were not able to force any turnovers. They were able to come up with three sacks on the day. And then for kicking, they made three field goals um, along of 33. All three of them they made, and they were able, and he was able to get two extra points to go through. That was Blake Howbeal. So that was the Fiesta Bowl. Um, really came down to the wire in the fourth quarter. Clemson on their game-winning drive. Um, people thought they drove down the field too fast on a quick on a touchdown that came quick, rather quickly to Travis Etienne. That was one of his three touchdowns. On the day, people thought they scored too quickly. Ohio State marched right back down, but they threw an interception at the end of the game. So it'll be Clemson LSU in the final of the, well, in the national championship. So now let's get to some other close games. Um, in the, we'll focus on the Rose and the Sugar Bowl. Then we'll get to one unexpected game, which ended up coming right down to the wire. And that was Tennessee, Indiana. But let's start with the Rose Bowl. Which was between Oregon, which was between Oregon and Wisconsin. 
Um, that game also came right down to the wire. Both teams played a great game, in my opinion. Um, Wisconsin took an early 10 nothing lead on a missed, but Oregon, no, on they had, well, one interesting fact, they actually didn't jump up to a 10 nothing lead. It was 10-7, but um, they only had one yard, one yard of offense, and they had already had 10 points because both had because the two points had came come the two scores. One came off of a field goal where they were already in territory, and the other one was a defensive touchdown. So for the stat line, actually, I'll get to the stat line after. But it came really down to the wire. I was um, I watched most of that game. Um, they were at the break. It was twenty. It was seventeen to fourteen, and then after three quarters, um, Wisconsin. Still held on to a three-point lead of twenty of twenty-four to twenty-one, and then down at the wire, um, Justin Herbert scrambled for a touchdown for about thirty yards out, and that touchdown put them, which was turned out to be the game-winning touchdown. Wisconsin came through with one more chance, but they fumbled, and then they. Did not get the ball back again. And Wisconsin went on to win in Justin Herbert's last game wearing an Oregon Ducks uniform. Oregon would finish out the season at 12-2 and and Wisconsin at 10-4. and um, Two of Wisconsin's losses coming in the, to Ohio State. <clears throat> um, the stat line, Oregon's Justin Herbert threw 14 for 20, 138 yards, one INT, C.J. Verdell. Threw for seven, no, CJ Verdell got 17 carries for 49 yards. And Justin Herbert had nine scrambles for 29 yards and three TDs. Um, Jawan Johnston on the receiving end had five receptions for 66 yards. And Micah Pittman had four receptions for 30 yards and no TDs. Um, the defensive side. They had one INT by Thomas Graham Jr. Then, then for the two touchdowns and the defensive player of the game, Brady Breeze had um a, one touchdown and a few big tackles that he made. Um, and then for the kicker, Cam Din Lewis, he made four point after tries. On the other side of the ball, Wisconsin. Um, Jack Cohn threw for 23 for 35 for 186 yards and a TD. Um, and he also threw one interception. Jonathan Taylor rushed for 20, had 21 carries and he rushed for 94 yards. And Danny Davis had two rushes for 19 total yards of rushing. And zero TDs. Um, from the receiving side of things, Wisconsin's leading receiver was Wisconsin's leading receiver was Quintez Cephas. He had seven receptions for fifty-nine yards and a TD. Then Jake Ferguson had four receptions for forty-four yards. Jonathan Taylor 
had two receptions for 43 yards with the, um, with the one with the touchdown coming from Cephas and Stuck, who was another rusher who had four carries for just 26 yards. It was really an exciting game. Um, it really came down to the wire, and in my opinion, one of the, it was probably one of the best bowls of probably the maybe the best bowl so far, other than maybe Ohio State versus Clemson. Probably, I think the best bowl so far of this bowl season. <clears throat> now, moving on to other topics. Um, well, actually, staying in college football. We're going to go over one of the most exciting regular bowl games, which was 10 SC versus Indiana. That game really came down to the wire. Tennessee mounted the largest comeback in college football bowl history. Um, both teams put on a phenomenal show. Tennessee used two quarterbacks in the game and, um, both teams played, in my opinion, very well. I did watch this whole entire game. It was six three volunteers at the break. Then in the second, in the third quarter, the Hoosiers really turned it on, taking a nineteen to nine lead going into the third quarter, led by Peyton Ramsey, who had 20, 20 attempts and twenty completions for thirty four on thirty four attempts, twenty two hundred and twenty seven yards. And an interception, though that is not the stat line that showed. He also used some athleticism with 17 carries for 54 yards and TD. Then in the fourth quarter, Tennessee started to mount their comeback. With actually, first Indiana got a field goal to make it 22 to nine lead. Then Tennessee got a touchdown. Actually, um, yeah, Tennessee got a touchdown that made the game, um. 16 to 22. Oh, sorry. They actually got a field goal. Sorry, that's my bad. Tennessee got a field goal to make it. You can listen to football anytime on Anchor. Anchor podcasting is a great way to get your podcasts um, a go. It's a great way to start up. Um, and um, I love it. It's really easy to use and all you have to do is just press record and hit start recording then you're in and yeah so let's get back into the show um the show is presented to you by baby corn um you can um this is football on sports around the world now let's get into our nfl segment where we're going to be previewing some of the divisional round games so the first game is buffalo Versus the tent, Buffalo versus Houston. Um. Um. So the Buffalo Bills are taking on the Houston Texans. It'll be JJ's Watt first game back from injury. Um. So that people are, um, I'm guessing, are hoping that um, he'll most likely be um. Probably a big piece. It'll probably be nice to get him back. This game is at NRG Stadium since the Texans won their division. Um, it is tomorrow at 4.35 p.m. My prediction on that game is that the Buffalo Bills are going to come out with the win. I don't know. I feel like they're too high-powered. They gave the Patriots a 
huge run for their money in um in both their games, even though the Texans beat them. Um, I still think that Buffalo's had higher quality opponents. Um, cause here I can read off their wins. They did lose to the Jets last week, but they didn't really play anybody in particular. I mean, they had some of their starters in for part of the time. But if you listen, like Matt Barkley took most of the snaps. Frank Gore didn't. Isaiah McKenzie did most of the rushing. Not many of their high-quality players played. So um, I don't think that loss was really um, the Bills' fault. Um, they gave the Ravens a run for their money, um, losing 24-17. They also lost 24-17 to the Patriots. They beat the Steelers. They took down the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Um, they beat the Broncos. They barely lost to the Browns by three. They beat the Dolphins pretty bad. That's not a good win. Um, they got creamed by the Eagles. That was kind of early in the season. Um, then early in the season, they got off to a pretty good start. Um, they have not played Houston this season yet. So um, we'll see how that game goes. They have not played. Post Houston, who's had a much easier schedule. Um, their wins come against the Titans, the Buccaneers, the Broncos, the Titans again, the Patriots, the Colts, the Jaguars. They lost to the Ravens 41-7. to so not really a close one. They barely beat the they barely stuck by the Raiders. They also lost to the Colts. Um, they beat the Falcons pretty bad. They beat the Chiefs. That's probably one. That's probably their best win of the year. But um, they didn't really have any big wins this season. Uh, I don't think that they're a full caliber team this season. Um, so that's my insight in that game. Now we're into Patriots versus the Titans, which. I think will be a good game. Um, I think the Patriots are going to be able to come out in that one. Um, I think that their offense will get together and think that the, and their defense combined can win that one. That one's tomorrow at eight fifteen. Um, I think the Patriots are just too strong for the Titans. Um, they played last season and the Titans won, but um, I don't know. I, I don't think Derrick Henry will be and Tannehill, especially since the Patriots have faced Tannehill so much. Um, I don't think that they'll be able to knock off Tom Brady and the Patriots. Um, so moving on to Sunday, the first game is between the Saints and the the Saints versus the Vikings. That one's the 105 game. Um, it's in New Orleans. I'm pretty sure the Saints can come out with that one. Um, I think they're too strong with Kamara, Thomas, and Breeze. Um, and Jared Cook, I don't think the Vikings trio is as good with Stefan Diggs, um, Kirk Cousins, and Dalvin Cook. I think they're out being in every category. Um, really, um, I don't think that they have much of a shot, um, this week. Um, then the last game, Seahawks-Eagles, I think that one will be the best of the games. Um, that one's the 4-15 game. They will be taking on the Eagles at 440. Sorry, not 415. 440. Um, I think the Seahawks are going to be too strong for the Eagles. Zach Ertz is out. But I do think the Eagles are at home. I think they'll have enough to keep it a close one. But I think the Seahawks will pull out of that one at the end. Um, that's really all I got for you this week um, for um, NFL. So let's move on to football, also known as... Uh, the soccer type. So let's move on to that. Um, for soccer, we're going to start with talking about. 
So as you know, um, in January, the January transfer window has started. So um, I think I'm going to go over some of the best bargains or players that will most likely be leaving their clubs this year um, in the January transfer window. Um, so, um, and so here's just some of the bigger transfers in particular, some of the bigger particular transfers that um, will most likely be leaving. First is Gareth Bale. So um, Gareth Bale predicted to, I mean, well, is been wanting to leave for a while. Um, he well, not for a while, but he's been wanting the playing time. So um, I think that they will give it to him. So I, so some of the predicted teams Gareth Bale is expected to go to. Um, first is the first one that is expected to maybe go to is um Gareth Bale is expected to be joining a new club and that new club that he will be joining um well that he would like to join um it will most likely either be Gareth Bale will be joining either um sorry Gareth Bale's will most likely be joining has um either Tottenham um and he will most and one of his possible surprising destinations would um he might want to he might it's unlikely that he remain in Madrid um his boss Zidane has included Gareth Bale from his plans at the club and the Frenchman was a bit insulting about the comments about the wealth Welsh international team. Um, Gareth Bale, um, he's been playing golf even when recovering from his freaking injuries. He's been gotten on the nerves of Real Madrid faithful, and the Welshman has been went on to hold a flag in November, which said Wales golf Madrid in that order, um, which was not seen too well in Madrid, and it was rightly so. Um, Gareth Bale's days in Madrid are most likely about to be over. So, um, the United States is thought to be attractive destination for Bale. He is reportedly wanted by David Beckham, Inter Milan side. Um, the Chinese Super League is also an option. Gareth Bale was indeed close to moving to Asia last summer, only for the transfer clap due for financial disagreement between the Two clubs. PSG are now thought to be interested in him. Um, the in their way, should they wish to sign Bale, the two clubs enjoy very good relations in an attempt to land Keelan Mbappe in the summer. The the um, they may be also willing to give up on a bit of transfer fee should PSG sign Bale. Instead of other clubs, Man United and Tottenham Hotspur have also grown interest, as I said before, in Bale. Um. And then Chris, and then um, they're actually okay with swap. Mourinho is okay with swapping Erickson for Bale, given the fact that both players are unhappy in their current surroundings and are looking to move. Um, another one is that he might want to go to um, is um, another side that he might want to. Th- that's it. And then for other 
And then for other people, and then for other ones, one is Arsenal's Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Um, he's provided um many good has provided the goods for the Gunners on multiple occasions this season, including his most recently against Chelsea. However, he has been most in, been involved in some of and some other controversy. Basically, um, he did what no Arsenal captain should ever do. Um, affiliate himself with an Arsenal fan TV. Um, um, now, according to a report from the Mirror, Inter Milan have joined um, in the fray of wanting him. Um, um, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Whether the Italian side will pursue a move on him in January, the window remains to be seen. But one thing for sure is that in case for Arsenal crashing in on him. Um, while they still can, um, if Arietta feels like a bombing is surplus to requirement and what he needs to implement, um, in the, in his tactics, um, that is some of the, um, plans. Um, then another player is, is Dembele. Um, Dembele has been interested in, um, Many um and um many teams have wanted him um um with the January transfer window open um the Leon striker Masu Masua Dembele who has been linked with a move to Chelsea the Frenchman scored ten goals in eighteen league games this season promote prompting a number of Premier League clubs taking note of the former Fulham man um. He um, is highly wanted. Um, um, Leon's release statement is um, the Leon player um, OL would like Leon would like him to reaffirm its wish of the summer of 2019 to keep Musa Dembele. The club's full confidence of Dembele and it counts in particular on him to be successful for the seasons to come. Um, they had a 34 million bid rejected. Um, Leon have rejected an offer around 34 mil for Chelsea for the striker in, in search for competition for Tammy Abraham. Um, the report claims that the Blues are willing to pay up to 40 million, but Leon are determined to keep off. Um, Arsenal and Spurs have, would like him. Um, and then the final one, I've already gone to Christian Eriksen, so I don't think we're going to do him visit him but um the last one we're gonna visit is Zaha um he is wanted by many teams as well um Zaha's last one we'll get to um Zaha is wanted by many clubs um um so um Frank Lampard pulls the plug on Wilfred Zaha's transfer over er, Dressing room concern. Chelsea had been linked to him in January, but Frank Lampard has pulled the plug on the transfer. Um, Zaha has wanted a whopping $2 million a week to move, $2 million a week to move to Stamford Bridge, but there are concerns at how that would go down the dressing room. Only two players are currently in the first team at Chelsea, earned sums in that. Region um 
So some teams that are willing to give him a chance would be um, Arsenal, Spurs, Man United. Um, but um, so far, Crystal Palace have um, not reached an agreement with anybody so far. Um, so um, um, that's going to be it for that part of the soccer segment. Um, let's get you updated. The FA Cup is to start on Monday. Um, so let's get to that. Let's preview that. Um, and then we'll, that'll be the end of the show. Um, um, so it's round three and, um, team and some prem teams are starting to enter. Prem teams have, are going to start to enter. So some of the third round of this third round game, um, Will be so, so the third round games that so before this no um teams in the Premier League or the Championship actually not the Championship just the Premier League had entered so in round three of the Premier League teams that are in it so far are Newcastle's facing Rochdale um Burnley versus Peterburg Newcastle will play Preston Brighton versus Chef. Chef Wednesday, um, I guess that's their name. Chef, Chef Wednesday. Chef Wednesday. Chef Wednesday. Sorry. Um, Watford Terror Enemy. Not sure how to pronounce that. Aston Villa will play Fulham. Bournemouth Lutton Town. Man United Wolverhampton. So two prem teams playing. Man City Port Vale. Leicester Wigan Ath- versus Wigan Athletic, Chelsea Nottingham Forest, not in Nottingham Forest, Middlesbrough Tottenham, Sheffield United Flyleed, not sure how you pronounce that one, um, and Crystal Palace playing Derby Derby County, um, a rivalry match, um, Liverpool versus Everton, and then Arsenal Leeds United. Those games will start tomorrow at. Tomorrow morning, and they will complete on Monday. Um, there's only the one game on Monday. Um, that's going to do it for the show today. Um, see you next week on football. Bye-bye.